0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Asan Bashir. Finally, I've got a camera set up with half-decent lighting in this small room, or this little cave I like to call a room. Um, a, lot, a lot to discuss tonight. Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about, but literally in the last half an hour to an hour, I've had three or four different topics that people have asked me to discuss and things that I've seen today. So first, I want to start off by saying thank you again to everyone. I'm looking at the camera here, for those of you listening on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you, everyone, who has been supporting this movement. Uh, it has been overwhelming, the amount of support I've received, the amount of people that want to, you know, uh, feature on the podcast as well. It's been amazing. Just moving the mic closer to my face. There we go. Um, yeah, everyone that's been supporting, is, is truly, your your support has been amazing. Like, I mean, I didn't think... I would get the reception that I have, and yeah, I mean, you guys help me want to carry on and and, and produce high-quality content, hence why I'm using this microphone instead of my mobile phone, Um, so thank you to everyone that has been supporting. So, just to kick things off today, um, watch the the, uh, KSI and Joe Weller boxing match, and I just have to say congratulations to KSI, who absolutely demolished Joe Weller. Um, I didn't think KSI would win. But before we get into all of that, let's uh, flash forward to the first few fights that were on. I was not aware that it was a YouTube boxing event. I thought that it was literally going to just be those two guys fighting. But they turned it into a real event. 8,000 people in that arena or stadium or whatever it was. They sold it out, which is absolutely amazing. And I think the commentator kept saying that it was the most um sold white collar boxing match in the uk so congratulations lads to both of you for doing that Uh, and congratulations to all the other fighters that that took part as well i mean these guys are youtubers they're not pro athletes they have not been training for years i think one of the guys said he had two weeks to train and get ready for the fight so it was amazing that they all stepped up to the challenge and did all of that so props to all of you uh for doing that I think the fight of the night for me was definitely the KSI and Joe Bella. Uh The one before that was, I think it was a guy from Saudi Arabia, or maybe it was the third fight from Saudi Arabia. He absolutely demolished this other guy. I mean, he came out um, listening. Uh, uh, the entrance music was um, Hustling by Rick Ross with his Supreme uh, boxing gown on. Uh, he was branded. He was, you know, he was ready to fight. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. He he. I think it was a TKO. Um and, yeah, that was my second favourite fight. Um, the others were okay. Obviously, they were a bit nervous and stuff. But this Arab guy just absolutely demolished his opponent. And then KSI and Joe Bella, man. As I said, Joe Weller is the bigger guy. Um, Joe Bella is definitely the bigger guy. So, I genuinely thought that Joe Weller would destroy KSI. Um, and the lead-up to the fight as well. saw so the press conference and, and all that stuff. Which... Obviously, you need to sell the fight, which is, you know, as business at the end of the day when it comes to boxing or any sort of major sport like that. But what really grounded my gears is, is I don't know, almost the level of immaturity and like personal attacks on one another. Um, that, I don't know, that wasn't really my thing. But I'm glad they managed to, you know, sell the fight and, and, and market it, which you have to do, of course. Um, and in the build up to it, I felt as though Joe Weller was definitely the aggressor. Uh, to the build-up of it, all the press conferences and all the, you know, public statements and whatnot. Um, but then at the press conference last night, I watched probably about five minutes of it, and KSI was just literally trash-talking Joe Weller. And half the fight is is outside of the ring, it's a psychological game, and KSI came with that psychology last night. He absolutely went for Joe uh, in the five minutes that I watched, and Joe wasn't saying anything, so straight away, it tells you, you know, that, he uh, he was definitely mentally stronger than Joe, and then today the fight. I mean, backstage you could you could see them warming up. Uh, Joe was g- doing a little uh, a little warm up with his arms and then getting his legs m- massaged. And KSI was just there, confident, cool as a cucumber. He was uh, getting his hands wrapped, and straight away you could tell straight away uh, just by their demeanors that who who was gonna who was gonna dominate and be the aggressor. Finally, round one, the bell rings and KSI comes out of the gates just, you know, throwing all types of punches. His jab was a was a mean, mean left jab. Um as I said, he from from what I've seen in him in the past and training and, and, and his body type and the way he looks, he definitely trained hard for this fight. He's never looked so good. There's obviously been moments in his on his YouTube channel where he's had his top off or you see his arms and, and he literally had a bit of flab or fat. But he came prepared he had abs he had shoulders he had arms today uh he was looking good and you know that was definitely down to his personal trainer and his uh his uh dietitian who who you know prepared all his meals and stuff for him which was you know incredible that he did that and i think it was 4 months he had to uh, to prep for the fight and as i said these two guys are not pro athletes they're not people that are used to training Um, for long hours and and eating clean foods per se. But, you know, they they came through and did it. Joe Bella definitely was the bigger guy. He looked like the bigger guy. But KSI, man, just, he absolutely dominates. The first round, as I was saying, the jabs, the rights, and uh, Joe's mouth and nose were bleeding. Second round, um, I think it was stopped twice. Um, I think it was a standing count. And then the third was TKO. And as I said, KSI absolutely demolished and dominated that fight. Do I feel there should be a rematch? No, I don't think there should be. I think that KSI definitely proved a point and did what he needed to do. If it had gone to the judges' scorecards, maybe there could have been talks for a rematch, which would have been insane. Um, But again, I think that everything was left in the ring and KSI proved a point. Um, And he also called out. A couple people to fight him. He called out the Logan brothers, Logan Paul and Jake Paul, the Paul brothers. Sorry, he called out Rio Ferdinand, the legend, the one who's training. Um, I think he's for Betfair. He called him out. Uh, that would be a very, very interesting fight. I mean, I think KSI is probably a little bit shorter than him, um, and I think Rio is a bit more ripped or leaner, sorry, than him. So I don't know. That that would be a very interesting fight, but I feel Rio's cardio would most definitely uh, overpower. KSI is because obviously Rio being an ex-football player and KSI being an ex-Youtuber or YouTube gamer who sat in a chair all day and not looked after himself the last twenty years, uh, Rio I believe would definitely win that fight. Um, I can't remember who else he called out. He called out a couple other. I think he called out celebrities. He's like any celebrity willing to fight. You know he he called him out, which was you know fair play to him. He was very confident. He went in there. He did the job. He got it done. Um, but yeah, props to him. As I said, I did not see the fight go in his way. I was—I don't know why—but events like this, I get a little bit nervous. Um, even though I don't know those two individuals, it's just you know you you want to you want to see both of them do well and 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 both of them to be safe. As I said, they're not boxers; they've probably never taken punches like that before. Luckily, both of them were you know fine at the end of the fight. In case I'd be in the winner, so that was yeah that was my take on on tonight's event which was pretty crazy as I said I did not expect for it to for it to be as entertaining as it was Um, and just a side note I'm I've got the camera set up as I said I'm trying to look at it as much as possible but obviously I'm getting you know caught up with the microphone in front of me also for some reason the camera cuts out every 15 minutes after recording so I'm gonna have to press record again so if there are any um pauses in the podcast is because I'm turning the camera back on so don't be alarmed the the podcast is still going to be running hopefully for about 30 to 40 minutes today so that was the fight of the night KSI versus Joe Weller um very good fight as I said um another thing another thing that was brought to my attention um today actually my my mate messaged me this I'm going to quickly just read it for you um, and it's just relating because I've, I've been fascinated by, you know, Egypt and, and, and the history and and what people think of it and how they think that the the pyramids were sort of um, created. So today on BBC News, uh, it says that Egypt unveils 4,400 year old tomb of an ancient priestess. Um, so archaeologists in Egypt have unveiled the newly discovered tomb of an ancient priestess. Uh, priestess that dates back 400 sorry 4400 years now my thing with ancient egypt and, and and countries like that and and the history of the world is that we will never know everything i don't think we'll ever find out everything in our lifetime because i believe there's so many things that were forgotten about so many things that were kept a secret i mean even the creation of the pyramids for example i i can't remember the gentleman i was watching on on youtube once but he was explaining how the pyramids were sort of came you know came about how they were created and what he's what the the story of the pyramids are is that it was basically slaves that that you know put together the blocks and made the pyramid but he said that that was impossible for a variety of different reasons the first being i think each stone weighs like 1.2 tons or something ridiculous like that i'm going to just double check i'm going to just double check the pyramids uh pyramids of Giza, okay. I want to just check the, the the weight of um of the of the of the bricks, but apparently they're about they weigh about a ton. One brick weighs about a ton, so he was saying how humans couldn't possibly have done that. There you go, materials. Okay, okay. So the Great Pyramid consists of an estimated two point three million blocks, uh, which most believe to have been transported from a nearby from nearby quarries. Um, and the casing of the stone i'm just trying to find out a fact or, or how much they weigh but i believe they weigh around a ton or one and a half tons now and and again if if for example it was slaves um, this gentleman was saying if it was slaves they wouldn't have put them in such an order they wouldn't have put them in in, in a way that made those that great structure happen if you're a slave and you're putting bricks or throwing bricks you're going to just throw them you're not going to place them meticulously you're not going to make sure everything's neat and and tidy and and that was one of the points he was he was kind of saying that all these things you know whether you believe in a higher power or not all these things is there's more than to what meets the eye there's there's definitely other things out there that you know we can't explain as human beings um, and sometimes science can't explain and sometimes uh you know people try and make up these things um so i don't know Obviously, some some people who do believe in religion, uh, they would say that obviously God put the pyramids there or higher power, how, higher power that they believe in put the pyramids there, um, which obviously everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But as I said, the gentleman, what he was talking about, I want to do is I'm going to link that video in the description box below so you can have a look at that. Um, and what he was saying was it's just the way the, the structure of the pyramids, the way it was created that there was you know 2.3 million stones like there's there's no way it would have been done in that time there's no there were, humans were not that strong then you know they 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 obviously would do a lot of manual labor without obviously you know forklifts and trucks and stuff but it was almost if it, it was these are slaves these are people that are not fed well these are people that are living in poor conditions they would not be able to lift stones that weighed a ton and place them there in the way that they have so just yeah just going back to the initial point i i don't i think there's a lot of things out there that we can't explain as human beings uh a lot of things that we won't find out in our lifetime um and it's just i don't know it just interested me like when my friend sent me the sent me the thing it was it was very very interesting i i uh i started reading it and i was like because i've recently been playing uh assassin's creed um i can't remember the title of it assassin's creed the new game whatever it's called And because it's all set in Egypt and stuff and and some of the stories and they always say that uh, any any um, likeness to a real character is purely coincidental and all that sort of stuff in some of these games. But they're not. They're they're definitely targeting something specific and and they want to bring a point across specifically. So that game definitely opened my eyes to a lot that happened in Egypt. And and that has definitely piqued my interest. And I definitely want to go see the Pyramid of Giza in my lifetime. I definitely want to see this amazing structure people that have been before have said it's surreal what they see it's amazing and i'd most definitely want to go check it out and and see what the hype is and and you know just just going to places like that and you know experiencing them and knowing what great minds or you know what people went through or you know what people have experienced in their lifetime would be amazing to experience that and just as a a segue into the next topic is um the uh just the back end of last year it might have been October, um I went to the uh, the Bodleian Library in Oxford, um and I did a tour there and it and it was absolutely amazing how some of the original architecture is pretty much was all there they they've the only things they've obviously really put in there is electricity and things like that but it's just it's just amazing like we saw um, first edition books we saw the the architecture inside and and what what one of the things that made me laugh is obviously when people do artwork now they sign it or you know they'll graffiti something back then there were some OGs that used to you know put their initials in their work but they used to do it so discreetly uh that you know you, you wouldn't tell but obviously now you know with technology and stuff and, and and the way things are going social media we know exactly what those messages are and, and those things are so those are those are the real OGs tagging up their work um, and I honestly can't remember any of the names that were mentioned in that tour, but there were some amazing minds that were involved with the, you know, the the building of that. Obviously Bodleian. Um, I don't remember the gentleman's first name, but he. We went into his library upstairs, the reading rooms, uh, and it had those old school libraries where you go up the ladder to get to the second tier or third tier. It was it was so surreal. It was it was such an amazing experience, and definitely one I'd do again um definitely and and oxford is just such a such a i don't know it's a a city filled with history and a lot of a lot of you know things happened that wouldn't necessarily happen in in newer towns or a lot of people have forgotten about how the rich history of english and and literature and all that sort of stuff is you know Oxford and the Bodleian Library is like one of the kind of the hearts of the place and it was just an amazing experience and as I said anything like that it doesn't matter what you're into it doesn't matter if you I don't know are a sports personality Uh, the camera's just turned off when I just turn it back on so it doesn't matter if you're a sports personality or anything like that but I definitely implore you to go have a look at things like that and you know get some sort of get some sort of I don't know something different in your life something that's going to open your eyes to the realities of the world and that your world isn't just a nine to five in your job it's it's such a big place filled with a lots of rich history a lot of things that you know could be linked to your ancestry and things like that so definitely i implore you to check that out um it's definitely a place to uh to take the family man just just take your family just take kids take the wife the husband whoever just take them there and just just experience the rich history of oxford and and what that amazing city has to offer. Um, another another topic uh, for all you gamers out there, um, Red Dead Redemption 2 has received a release date, which I believe is the 26th of October 2018. So before um, we all expected it to come out in 2017, we were given teasers and trailers and whatever else but they have confirmed a date for the 26th of october 2018 finally we have a solid date a a a concrete date where we which we can look uh forward to and just a history on the game if you haven't played it yet uh it is about uh a cowboy so it's set in like sort of like the western era uh cowboys horses uh parlors all that sort of stuff and it's just an amazing game it's it's it's, uh, developed by rockstar so, if you are fans of Grand Theft Auto, it's like a grand, it's Grand Theft Auto on horses, basically. That's what it is. It's it was a very entertaining game. I believe I played it about maybe about ten years ago now. I think on on the PlayStation Three is where it initially released, and then now the second one will be on PlayStation Four, and I believe Xbox One as well. So yeah, looking very very uh, looking very uh, forward. To that game um i really want to play it it's been a very long time since i played a, a game like that so that'll be something which will definitely uh be a time-consuming project for me um what i like to do with games because obviously i have so much going on with the podcast and the vlogs and the music i like to just dedicate a whole day to finish a game so it isn't you know linger and i spend other hours and you know other days on it i like to finish a game in a day and a call of duty i believe i did in a day and a bit um and then i had time to just do whatever i wanted to do and yeah you should enjoy the game and play a little bit here and there but i'm like a binge watcher of netflix with games i just binge play it until i've completed it and i'm happy and i'm satisfied i don't do any of the side missions or the achievements or anything i don't care about the trophies sometimes i will do the side missions in all honesty if it links to the story and things like that and the dlc i'll do that too but anything stupid that i don't need to do to get like you know to complete the game, I won't do. It's just a waste of time. Um, so that will be coming out October 26th. Um, another thing that I haven't mentioned here, um, I went to EGX last year, which is a massive gaming event here in the UK. It was held in Birmingham, I think, for the fifth year, or fourth year in a row. And you basically just get together and test out new games. And some of the games we tested out were amazing. Again, the first one I tested out was Assassin's Creed, um, which was... Yeah, which was really nice to, to do, to play. Um, we tried out Call of Duty also, so they had the open beta for that. They released that, and then we got to play the open beta again online. And I think they had a few other levels, which was good to play and experience. And then we had, uh, what else did we play? We played Detroit. Now, Detroit uh, is meant to be set in the future, where androids um, are basically like human beings. They do everyday tasks and jobs and activities, and what they do in this game, their they, their purpose is to to work. Okay, so whether they be a maid or a police officer or a fireman, whatever, their their sole purpose is to work, is to make human life easier. And the gameplay that we did, um, I'm gonna give you spoilers because it's pretty much online in it now anyway. So you have different scenarios and different ways the the mission can be completed so ours was a hostage situation where a robot or a droid had gone rogue and another droid had come in to try and uh, de-escalate the situation and there was a variety of different outcomes so if you lie to the droid and he knows or she knows then the threat level goes up and if you tell the truth it goes down but if you can be convincing enough with your lie it still stays down so it's an amazing game when it comes out i everyone has got a playstation 4 Please just get it, okay? It's it's not even that that it's like, you know, an entertaining game. It's just the what what they've done with gaming nowadays is just amazing. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did something in VR for that game. Um, which is also the future of gaming now. VR, a lot of games are coming out in VR. But Detroit, definitely you need to play that. And we play Far Cry five, which is definitely just a fun game. You shooting hillbillies and shooting gang members or whatever, just standard procedure. There's a first player game. Um, And I think that was it in terms of what we played out there. We saw a lot of retro games. So we saw like the Nintendo 64, Sega, PlayStation 1. They had like their own little area where people were competing and playing. And man, gaming has come so far in the last 20 years, 25 years. It's, you know, what they're doing for it is absolutely amazing. And I feel in the next 20 years, all gaming will be VR. Every single game will be in VR. I, I have a feeling that people will have rooms dedicated to VR play um so they've got enough room to run around and do whatever they need to do but yeah gaming is definitely going to be vr i i feel in the next 20 years 25 years all of it um and just another another question another question i had from um somebody on real talk i'm gonna just bring it up really quickly um Yeah, sorry. So just a question is, uh, do you think being persistent and never giving up on YouTube will make you successful? Obvious answer is yes, but I want to hear your thoughts on the success on YouTube. So of course, hard work and persistence, you will always see results, but there's a difference between working hard and doing something which is productive and working hard and doing something which won't be as productive as it can be and let me explain what that means and I was literally I just said something like it was in code so what I believe is if you're working hard towards something like music film drama gaming anything like that if you genuinely love what you do you'll be successful and 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 that's happened for a lot of people that have treated it as something that they love a passion sometimes they've treated it as a business so they've got good at something they've now decided that they want to turn it into a business and start making money out of it there's different ways to to approach it but what i've learned is i've tried so many different things in my life that i've given up on them um sort of like within a few months or so because i've not really been passionate about them so with youtube for example what i want to do with it later on in life definitely um i enjoy doing it now and definitely i will enjoy doing it in the future I mentioned today in the vlog that I want it to be one of the last things I do uh, before I sign off as sort of being in the public eye. Podcasting is fun. Literally, I can talk for England. If you give me a topic to talk about, I will just keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. Like that wasn't me a few years ago. I was very, very anxious. I was socially awkward. I just couldn't. And I've mentioned that before in this podcast. Uh, but now i can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and when i was listening to my podcast the other day i was literally telling myself to shut up because i was talking so much and it, yes it is a podcast but i've never experienced that before i've never been able to speak the way i have before so to answer, yeah to answer the question if you love what you do 100% you'll be successful but you need to be persistent at it you need to treat it both as a passion and as a business. If you want to make money out of it, of course you need to treat it like a business. If you're making artwork, for example, and you love and you love making art and illustrating and drawing and or being a screenwriter, anything like that, of course it's a passion of yours. But if you want to make money from it, you need to treat it like a business. You need to uh, weigh out the pros and the cons of everything. YouTube is another thing as well. Um, obviously one of its biggest competitors now will be Facebook Watch, which hasn't been released in the UK. And I think I mentioned before in the podcast as well. So that is going to focus on basically taking all of YouTube's audience away from them. So YouTube now needs to, you know, kind of up their game a little bit. And they're not doing that because they're demonetizing people. Uh, They're taking a lot of money again. So I don't know what the future of YouTube is. But if you love YouTube, it's a platform for you, then there's no reason why you shouldn't carry on doing it. And there's no reason why you can't be successful on it. It's all about hard work. It's about having the right content and persistence and just passion for something. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to. It comes down to being passionate about something. If you're not passionate, then you're not gonna you're not gonna make you're not gonna make the improvements for that craft or that art. So if you're a musician or a lyricist and you're not passionate about it and you don't do it every single day, you're never going to see the changes something like lyricism because the industry is changing so much every single day there's a new genre every single day there's a new artist every single day there's a new way to say something like there's, there's only so many ways that you can talk about a Lamborghini or having Gucci or having whatever but people are doing it people are talking about it in different ways and targeting at a different audience and music industry has definitely changed and when I listened to music back then like back in the early 90s or whatever it's a lot more egocentric and me I them they and you know Um, now it's more third person and then sometimes there's a flip side of it and there's a lot of like again first person third person type thing so it's it's an art it's it's expressive it's what comes from you and YouTube again is expressive if you copy Casey Neistat's um, style forever or Peter McKinnon's style forever you will be put in that category of oh he or she is just someone that copies them but if you can adapt that style or use that style as an inspiration and, and develop your own style then 100% there's no reason why you shouldn't be successful on YouTube. And one thing that Casey Neistat the, uh, said the other day is uh, on on the vlog where he was surprising his friend with NFL tickets to go see the uh, Patriots play. He said on there, my style of film hasn't really changed in the last, I think it was 10, 15 years. So the d- style he's developed, yeah, of course it's changed, but he's majority of it is kept the same. So you need to think of your own style your favorite thing to do and just adapt it and maybe try and like you know improve it here and there but people should know when they watch a video that this is you know the question by it was by reese warner so reese thank you so much so reese when you're making a video you need to make it and you need to keep that same style that you have so people know that okay this is definitely a reese video and if you have a time lapse in there they think okay he took that from casey that's cool oh you know peter mckinnon he uses that as well that's what art is man art is like expressive It's things that you've picked up along the way. Like when I make music, there's definitely subject matters I talk about in there, which I've heard before, but I'm giving my own take on it. My life is totally different to Drake and Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd and J. Cole and Logic and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. My life is different to them, but there's things that I would have gone through similarly what they would have gone through as well. And I will just adapt it to my life. I can't talk about gangs in Compton because I was never involved in gangs in Compton. But I can talk about gangs that I've seen and how they've made me feel and what they do for society. Gun crime, I can't talk about that, but I can talk about things that have happened in the media, which I have about Charles uh, DeMenezes and uh, and uh, Raul Moat, for example, who shot that cop and his girlfriend and was on the run, uh, and Mark Duggan and Stephen Lawrence and things like that. I was I I think I was born when Stephen Lawrence died, but things like that they haven't happened directly in my life but I can still talk about them from a perspective of of myself and and what that made me feel and how that made me feel and that's what art is it's expressive just absorb your environment take it in and then you basically express it in your own way if you see a picture I remember we used to do this thing in school where we the teacher used to play music and we'd have to draw lines of how we felt and my lines were very very erratic um so even during classical music they weren't calm they were very very because my relationship with music was was so new then I didn't know what to feel how to feel and and that's silly because you definitely feel different when you listen to different types of music and different people but I was so new to it I was like I don't know what I feel I don't know if I like it or not but then as time went on it's something that calmed me down and and helped me and now if I did those lines again it would be something that was rhythmic because because I get you know so so into the music and the rhymes and, 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 you know, everything. So it's expressive. Hopefully that answered your question. I just went off on one a little bit there. So hopefully that, you know, kind of answered your question a little bit. Um, Guys, I'm going to call it a day there. Uh, I'd like to thank you so much for listening again. If you listen to me on SoundCloud, please follow me on there. If you listen to, me, listen to me on Apple Music or the the podcast app or whatever it is, please leave me a review. That would be absolutely amazing. I really want to know how you guys feel about these podcasts, whether you like them, what subjects you want me to talk about. If you do have any questions for me, you can get at me at realtalkspodcast at gmail.com. No, wait, let me confirm that. I probably just said that wrong. Um, sorry, it's Questions. For real talk at gmail.com. That is questions for real talk at gmail.com. Email me on there, and I will get back to you. I will email you, and I will respond to your question or the subject matter you want me to talk about. I've been Asan, and this has been Real Talk. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and love.